Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Total Dream Life Project. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and I'm excited to have you here with me today. All right, welcome to season two. We have made it through a year. We're in a brave new uncharted territory, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you to listeners new and old. Um, Definitely appreciate all of you being here. Definitely appreciate the support. Um, As always, if there's anything I can do to make this more useful to you, please don't hesitate to reach out on social, uh, reach out through the website, reach out through email or text, however you want to talk. I'm here. Um, Yeah, so what's new? Uh, Yeah, we're in season two. Exciting things are in the works. Obviously, there's going to be more interviews coming down the pipeline, but we're also going to have episodes like today where we talk about things that affect the dream life, you know, your diet, your rest, your exercise, your alignment, your mental attitude. Uh, We're going to talk about new things we find, new ventures we go on, new projects, new goals. Uh, yeah, and I want to make it as interactive as possible. So please figure out how best to engage with the podcast. Um, you know, and I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what's going on in your life. All right. So moving on, what are we up to this week? I'm starting some office workshops, some health workshops in the office, specifically geared towards pediatric patients, you know, pregnant moms, young babies, young families. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We're going to have a dry run of the first workshop this weekend. So if you're in the Brooklyn area, in New York City, and you want to come on Sunday afternoon and hear a workshop, let me know. It's going to be a small event. Uh, really just more of a practice for me to kind of get some of the rust out and figure out exactly how the pacing goes and the presentation and things like that. But I'd love to have you there and I'd love to have some feedback. I'll probably record it as well. So stay tuned. Maybe I'll make that available. Um, Let's see. In a couple weeks, I'm going to Raleigh, North Carolina. So anyone who is in Raleigh or has recommendations for Raleigh, please let me know what I need to see, what I need to do. I will be going to a hockey game there. We're going to see the Devils versus the Hurricanes. Um, Probably a much more important game than I thought it was going to be when I got the tickets. uh, As the Devils are fighting and fighting for a uh, wild card spot. And they have a ton of injuries right now. So it should be a fun match. I hear that the Hurricanes stadium is a lot of fun. That the fans are rowdy. uh, That they care a lot. So I'm excited to see that. But if you have other recommendations for Raleigh, North Carolina, please let me know. Like I said, I'll be there for the weekend. So any advice is appreciated. Uh, Yeah, Um, spring is coming. You know, we're kind of just getting into winter still. In February and March, we're still staring down the barrel of some cold times here in the Northeast. But after that, it will be spring. And spring is suddenly looking like it's going to be very busy. Like I said, I'm going to be in Raleigh next weekend and then the next month i'm going to key west one of my favorite places in the world i'm going to key west uh to celebrate one of my favorite people in the world who's having a bachelor party so that'll be a fun weekend and it'll be a busy weekend and my goal is to enjoy myself on there 
but also not be completely exhausted when I come back. Um, it's been probably a, the better part of a decade since I've been to like a destination bachelor party. Uh, from what I remember, they're not the most restful and restorative events, but I'm going to see if we can make this one fun, but also restful and restorative. And I'm also very excited to see the sun and maybe get some vitamin D. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed at this point in my life is that the idea of traveling to warm places during the winter is becoming more and more appealing. Um, I still love seasons. I love being cold. I love getting out and having some cold exposure and some cold therapy and, you know, <clears throat> feeling that sting on your face. But I also miss vitamin D and the sunshine and shorts. So I'm excited to be at a point in my life where I can hop on a plane and go see something uh, that is warmer and has some vitamin D for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Should be a good trip. Should be a lot of fun. Um, what else is coming up? We might be going to Yellowstone in April. Uh, we're working out the details of that. But that has been something that's been on the bucket list for a long time. Uh, and I'm really hopeful that that happens. Stay tuned. I'll tell you more about that. And then obviously if I'm going to a bachelor party, it means at some point I'm going to a wedding. And I actually have a couple weddings coming up, which is kind of wild because I'd made it through the initial part of my 20s where it was like, you know, three, four, five, eight weddings a year, which was like, you know, pretty, pretty impactful on your life. If you're going to a new wedding every couple of months, like that basically dominates your social circle. But at some point you get to the point where most of your friends are married and that calms down. It seems now that we're meeting... We're coming up on this second kind of peak of weddings in my life where people are a little bit older are deciding to get married. So um, I'm looking forward to experiencing weddings as a 40-year-old human, you know, a little bit different than as a 30-year-old human. So I'm looking forward to those. Uh, I'm excited about them. But it's also funny because, like, they definitely take up time and they take up energy and, um, you know, they take up resources. So stay tuned. I'll talk more about those. But, you know, just some of the things coming up in spring, besides the fact of all the things like that I'm working on health wise or body wise or goal wise and things like that, you know, personal development, seminars, things like that are still happening. So I got to kind of figure out how to make that all balance. Um, and luckily, I've got 52 weeks of podcasts um, that mostly t talk about ways to handle stress and maintain balance and practice gratitude and practice forgiveness. And I really think that this is um, this journey is starting to show up in my life. So for example, right now, I'm feeling very busy. You know, I, I don't know that I'm doing too much, but I'm like right on the cusp. You know, I'm not burnt out, but I feel like I'm pushing that line. Like I'm not redlining, but I'm right up there. Um, so in the past, that stress could have very easily caused me to feel burnout, to shut everything down, to not be productive, um, or to kind of spiral into unproductive habits. So this time around, I feel like I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to see how I can support it. I'm going to see what things I can do from the dream life, from the last year of podcasts to help me support myself, to stay healthy, to stay centered, to be kind to myself while getting outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I think that it's really like giving me a little bit more space with the stress and a little bit more space with the busyness, 
which is allowing me the opportunity to kind of dig deeper into myself. You know, and as I dig deeper into myself, it's giving me the opportunity to kind of play with the busyness and play with my reaction to it. Um, you know, and as I'm getting to dig deeper into myself, I'm noticing that maybe because I'm tired or because I'm focused on other things, but my natural defenses and my coping mechanisms don't seem to be as strong as they have been in the past. So it's giving me a little more levity to the situation, you know, a little bit more of an opportunity to kind of have that space to see what's stressing me out or to see what's taking up my time and uh, respond to it in a timely way rather than just everything collapsing. I feel like, you know, and it might be hubris. We'll see how I feel in a couple weeks. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's a little bit easier to keep those plates spinning or keep the balls in the air or whatever analogy you want to use. So it's definitely been a busy time and there's been stress. But it also feels like a good time, and it feels like a time um, of growth. So I'm excited about that, obviously. Stay tuned. We'll see how you get to have a front row seat as to whether or not it's a crash and burn situation, a business as usual situation, or if we're actually in a leveling up situation. You know, Right now, I feel like a little bit like Neo in the Matrix, and I can see the bullets moving in slow motion. Uh, but let's see how it goes. I'm excited. I hope you're excited, too. You know, And it brings me to a good point that keeps popping up in my mind. And it's this concept of like, we all get 24 hours every day. You know, nobody gets 25. We all get the same amount of time, you know, but how you use it is going to affect what you get out of it. So for right now, for me, it's a time to prioritize sleep, you know, to prioritize the dream life, to prioritize taking care of myself so that I'm able to do the things I want to do when I want to do them. Uh, you know, uh, there's a motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, and what he would always say is like, if you do the things you need to do when you need to do them, then you get to do the things you want to do when you want to do them. So right now, what I need to do is focus on maintaining my energies, maintaining my health, maintaining my focus, so that the next couple months works out the way I want them to. Um, one of the things that I think about a lot when I'm thinking about the fact that we all have the same 24 hours in a day, uh, is the only way to give yourself more time or to find more time is to reallocate some of the day, some of the hours that you're using for other things. Unfortunately, as a society, we tend to reallocate the time that we use for sleep or the time that we use for rest or the time that we use for meal prep or healthy eating or meditation or exercise. Those are the hours we cut out. And what I've realized at this point is that those hours are non-negotiable. I need those hours no matter what else is going out in my life. So in order to find other hours to reallocate, you have to look at what you're doing with your free time, with your downtime, with your fun time, you know. Luckily, football's wrapping up, uh, so that's going to free up a lot of time each week. You know, it's pretty easy to shift the energy of a Sunday from watching football to being productive, so I'm looking forward to that. And it brings me up to another concept that I wanted to talk about today before we get into the main topic, which should be relatively quick. Um, so, persistence. You know, you want to focus on your why. You know, there's an importance to having a clear and compelling motivation and reason. You know, we've talked about this. You need to have your vision. You need to have your reasons. You need to have the big why. When your why is strong, it provides motivation to keep going even when the how gets tough. So if your why is big enough, you can do whatever you want. 
Um, and if you figured out strategies to support yourself and love yourself and be kind to yourself while you have a really big why, that's where the magic happens. You know, baby steps. Like the classic movie, What About Bob? Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, small steps lead to big wins. You know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Love that saying. So, no matter what you're doing, whether it's getting your laundry done or taking a shower or writing a book or finishing a marathon or whatever you want to do, there's a power in breaking down your goals into manageable, actionable, small steps. You want to celebrate the accomplishments along the way, uh, even the small ones, and you want to use those celebrations to maintain your momentum and build your confidence. So small steps equal big wins. And then flexibility. Embrace the flexibility. Love the flexibility. You know, setbacks are inevitable. You have to be able to react. You want to be like water. You know, things change and you have to be able to change with them. No river goes in a straight line. You know, water flows until it hits an obstacle and then it goes around the obstacle or it changes directions or it goes over the obstacle or under the obstacle or through the obstacle, but it does whatever is the best reaction, whatever the best response, whatever the best approach is, it takes that. So you want to be flexible. You want to have options. You want to have, um, you know, resilience and the adaptability to try different things. You want to be like water. You want to embrace that flexibility. And that's how you maintain persistence. And again, you want to have tips for managing stress. You want to have support systems. You want to have self-compassion. You know, the same things we say every week. You want to get outside your comfort zone. You want to be kind to yourself. And you want to practice forgiveness with yourself. You got to love yourself. Otherwise, this gets tired real quick. Um, so yeah, I think that's good for the opening. Let's get into this week's topic. You know, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I did some blood work and as I was going through the blood work, I realized that there were some of the markers that people might not be familiar with. So I thought we would maybe start like a mini series for the year where from time to time I'll talk about some different blood work markers and how they might be affecting your life and things you can do to positively affect them with your dream life. So this week... We're going to talk about C-reactive protein. Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dicker. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. So like we said, we're going to start talking about some different biomarkers, some different um, things that come up when you do blood work and you do blood testing and kind of break down what they are. So from time to time, we'll pop back into this. I figured we'd start with C-reactive protein because it seemed to me like an interesting one, a worthwhile one, and one that people don't really know the most about. So C-reactive protein uh, or CRP 
is a marker of inflammation in the body. There's other markers of inflammation. Um, this is just one of them. So there's also like uh, ESR with your erythrorite sedimentation rate. Um, there's some other things going on in the body that we might talk about later. But for today, we'll talk about CRP and how it has significance as a marker for inflammation in your body. So uh, CRP is it's obviously it's a protein, C-reactive protein. It's something made by our liver, and it is made in response to inflammation. So it's like a non-specific marker of inflammation in our body. Uh, this can be due to chronic inflammation. This can be due to an infection, uh, like a viral infection or a bacterial infection. It could also be due to some underlying conditions in the body. So there's a bunch of different things that this can mean. It's not like, oh, you have high CRP. This is this, this is this, this, and this. It's part of the picture. Um, but it also is uh, or can be, when it's high, indicative of stress on your cardiovascular system and something that makes you more likely to have cardiovascular events down the road. You know, everyone thinks about cholesterol, 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 cholesterol as this big marker of heart health and cardiovascular health. But we've talked about cholesterol on the podcast before and cholesterol can, you know, be part of the puzzle, but it's not the total answer. So another part of the puzzle and a really good part of the puzzle when we're looking at heart disease and cardiovascular conditions are your levels of CRP. Um, so like we said, it's produced by your liver in response to inflammation. Um, it's a great marker of the health of your immune system. Uh, it's one of these things that has a dual role. It's a defense mechanism, and it's also a potential health indicator. It's a defense mechanism because it raises when more bodies fighting off infection or dealing with chronic disease and or you know um, injuries or inflammation in the arteries or inflammation in other part of the body. And it's a potential health indicator because by monitoring it, we can see over time if the levels of inflammation in our body are rising or if they're lowering. Um, we all know about inflammation. If you've listened to any episode of the podcast, you've heard me talk about inflammation over and over and over. And inflammation is the root of almost every disease in humans. You know, inflammation is a natural response to some trigger or insult. Uh, it's part of the healing response in our bodies. But the problem is when we have uncontrolled or unchecked inflammation that lasts over years and years and years, it stresses out our system, it stresses out our nervous system, it stresses out all of our body, uh, it makes our arteries rigid, it can affect our health potential, and it has a major effect on our longevity uh, and our long-term mortality and health events. Um, so the way it affects our body, uh, it's going to you know, CRP is connect high CRP levels are connected to a bunch of different uh, health issues. You know, um, high levels of CRP were shown to be three times more likely in healthy men to be indicative of a heart attack than those with low levels of CRP. And this is with people that have no previous history. So it's one of those kind of canary in the coal mine things that there could be something stressing out your cardiovascular system uh, and that you're going to want to pay attention to it. So. It has a link to chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, but also arthritis and autoimmune disorders. So we've talked a little bit about autoimmune disorders, but that's when your immune system decides that part of your body is not safe or not normal, and it starts attacking it. And that can be the mucosa um, or the joints or the skin um, or pretty much any part of your body 
uh, and different parts being attacked lead to different conditions, you know, lupus or arthritis or different autoimmune conditions. Um, but elevated CRP is present in most of these. So these can be kind of a pre, pre-warner that those things might be in play or that you need to take better care of yourself. So again, this is something you monitor over time. You know, it's not like, oh, you had one blood test done, you had a high CRP and everything's forked. No, you have to see where you were at. Did you have an infection when you had your blood test? Had you had a very stressful weekend um, of work or had you been working out very hard? Like all of these things can affect your CRP levels. And a lot of times an elevated CRP can be explained through this. But if over time you're noticing a consistent trend, then it's something you want to pay attention to and something you want to talk with a healthcare provider about ways you can affect it and improve it. So as always, and as everything with the podcast, this is not medical advice. The podcast is here for your entertainment. If you're having questions or concerns or issues, please reach out to your healthcare providers, to your healthcare professionals, and talk more with them. Um, What are some things that can cause elevated CRP? So it's an often inflammatory triggers. So common factors that can lead to an elevated CRP, uh, poor diet, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, chronic stress, infections, and smoking. All of these are things that stress out the system, that put extra uh, pressure on you, that put extra drain on your system and drain your resources. Uh, So these are all pretty obvious things that are going to raise your CRP over time. So what are some natural ways to improve CRP? Uh, As always, I think you're going to recognize a lot of these, but dietary changes is a huge one. So what we're currently recommending as kind of a general catch-all for people is the Mediterranean diet, right? The Mediterranean diet is a diet inspired by the eating habits and the traditional foods of a typical like southern Spain, southern Italy, and Crete that kind of area. You know, this approach emphasizes a plant-based diet, focusing on unprocessed cereals, legumes, vegetables, and fruit. Uh, There's also going to be fish. Fish is a main feature of the Mediterranean diet. They like dairy products in the form of cheese and yogurt, uh, which are probably the only dairy products that I really get down with and the only ones that I recommend to you. You can go back to the podcast and hear plenty of examples of times we've talked about dairy and the issues there. But when the dairy is fermented into cheese and yogurt and things like that, it tends to be a lot healthier for us. Uh, and then, you know, being intentional with red meat, you know, a traditional Mediterranean diet limits the amount of red meat. My version that I recommend to people is limiting the amount of non grass fed red meat. Do not be afraid of red meat. Be afraid of where that red meat comes from, you know? So again, If you're out at a restaurant and your options are beef or fish, it's probably better in the restaurant to go with the fish because it's going to be less inflammatory. It's going to be less uh, detrimental to you than a traditional, you know, factory farm raised piece of beef. Uh, But if it's grass fed beef versus farmed fish, taking the grass fed beef all day, if you really want to be strict with it, you don't need to have beef. You can eat fish. Um, but you want wild-caught fish. You want smaller fish that have a shorter lifespan that aren't 
so big and so full of mercury and other toxins. Um, so again, it's always a spectrum. There's always, you know, is this better than that? It's all relative, but that's the Mediterranean diet in a nutshell with my little twist on the red meat bit. Um, but the Mediterranean diet has been shown in studies to be associated with a reduction in all cause mortality. Um, it also shows to lower heart disease risk and early death. Um, and it can help with weight loss and obese people. It's, it's one of the pretty common healthy diets that are recommended. Um, and it's pretty sound. I'm a big fan of it. Some other things that can help with your CRP, vitamin C therapy, you know, obviously again, increasing the amount of fruits and vegetables, increasing the amount of omega-3 fatty acids. So you can get that as a supplement. You can get that from chia and flaxseed, but the best place to get your omega-3s is from fish. So that's one of the reasons it's featured in the Mediterranean diet. You want to be having healthy wild fish on a regular basis because the omega-3 fatty acids are going to be good for your CRP levels, for your inflammation levels, and for your heart levels. Obviously, turmeric and ginger, which help to lower inflammation in your body, are going to help with that over time as well. So again, we always prefer to try and get your food uh, your food as medicine, right? So you want to get whole foods, real foods. If that's not working, then you think about supplementing with an omega-3 fatty acid supplement with some turmeric and ginger supplements, but it's much better for you if you're having it in a whole food form so that your food can interact uh, and be natural and you're not just getting mega doses of things that don't have the correlating nutrients that normally are found in nature. Uh, but I've talked about that before as well, so feel free to go back and listen to some of those episodes. At the end of the day, the D in the dream life, your diet, you want to have a balanced, nutrient-rich diet. You want to eat the rainbow. Uh, you want to have a bunch of different colors. You want to have a bunch of different ways of preparing it. You want to have a bunch of variety. Say it with me now. Variety. We talk about variety as much as we talk about inflammation on this podcast. So when it comes to your diet, make it healthy, make it variety, and enjoy. Uh, so other lifestyle modifications are also going to sound very similar to you at this point, but you want to have regular exercise to help lower your systemic inflammation, help lower the CRP, keep yourself healthy, keep yourself young, uh, and keep yourself moving. You want to have stress management techniques, you know, mindfulness, meditation, breath work, uh, nature, walks, um, you know, all of these things, warm baths. Epsom salts, bubble baths, these things that are going to de-stress your body and help lower the amount of stress and inflammation in your body naturally. Um, obviously, if you're still smoking, stop smoking. Um, I get it. When you're doing it, it feels great. It helps to manage a ton of like mental stuff. It helps to t manage anxiety and depression. Um, you know, I get it. But I assure you, that not smoking will be better for you down the road. And over time, not smoking feels a heck of a lot better than smoking. And you can do it. So quit smoking. Um, again, when it comes to supplements and herbs, you want to try and get these things into your food naturally. But if you can't or you need a little boost, fish oil supplements, a great one. Uh, curcumin, turmeric, great supplement. And green tea extract, but obviously, <laughs> the next thing I'm going to say is if you want green tea extract, start by just drinking a lot of green tea. Green tea is great. It's got a ton of antioxidants. It's healthy for you. It's not a huge amount of caffeine. You can pretty much drink it throughout the day. Like, 
start with the whole food, and then if you need more, worry about the supplement. Um, and again, before you add any supplements to your life, before you change your diet or change your exercise routine, maybe talk to someone who knows what they're talking about and don't just take advice off of a podcast. All right, moving on. In conclusion, uh, CRP is just a marker. It's just part of the puzzle, uh, but it is a good way to assess the amount of inflammation in your body and see if there's something you need to address or do differently. Um, Go back, look at the diet, look at the rest, the exercise, the alignment, and the mental attitude as ways that you can naturally improve inflammation in your body and improve these levels. Um, And work with a healthcare practitioner. Uh, Work with a natural, certified, whole food focused movement expert who cares about your nervous system, who cares about your health, and who cares about you as a whole being and not just a number on your blood test. You know, this is part of the puzzle, but one of the big drawbacks for me with the Western approach to medicine is that we take this one little thing and we think, oh, your CRP levels are too high. Let me give you a pill to lower your CRP levels without looking at the bigger picture which is how's your diet, your rest, your exercise, your alignment, and your mental attitude causing the conditions that make this one specific thing rise? What can you do in each of these little areas? How can you be persistent over time? And how can you make small changes that are going to affect the life that you're going to lead for the next 50 to 100 years, depending on how old you are? You know, um, it's time to take accountability It's time to take responsibility, and it's time to stop outsourcing your health to the medical community. So I highly encourage you to get blood work done and to monitor your results, but I highly, highly, highly encourage you to have some gumption and to take an active role in your health. And I think the dream life is one of the best ways to do it. So thank you, as always, for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, I love and appreciate you. Please reach out to me on social. Email me. You can email me at tom at thomasdickert.com. And I will very happily get back to you quite quickly with a ton of information and ideas. Uh, Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Again, tom at thomasdickert.com. Uh, send all of your thoughts, your complaints, your input, uh, send it over and I will get back to you. I love and appreciate you. Be kind to yourselves, take care of yourselves, get uncomfortable, get outside your comfort zone and I'll see you next week. Love you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dicker and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdicker.com.